my happy place. Open mind, close your eyes, we can go inside. Do you wanna ride? We can fly. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the second episode of Real Talk with Chute and Chuck. I am your host, Chuck, and with me, as always, is Chute. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. I uh, want to give another shout-out to our guy, Kane is the Name, for the uh, intro song. That song was titled Happy Place off his album, Destruction. Make sure you check him out on Twitter, at Kane is the Name. Uh, he's also on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Make sure you check him out, because uh, he definitely is putting it down for the DMV. Yeah, thanks, Kane. Appreciate you, man. Just um, so our fans know, right out the jump, we're always going to feature Kane right out the gate. So um, uh, be sure to check him out on Twitter. He's a local guy. Definitely want to support our artists that are up and coming because he's definitely going to make it big one day, and that's for sure. So um, first off, just want to thank everybody that tuned in last week, man. Me and Chip have been um, blown away that people actually listened. Uh, we're super excited about this podcast and moving forward. Uh, but we do realize that we talked probably a little bit too much about the Redskins last week. I think we got into like 25, 30 minutes. So we want to let you all know that this is not what this whole podcast is going to be about. It's just Redskins football. Will we talk about it? Absolutely. Will we talk about most of the other DMV sports? Absolutely. But it's going to be other things, too. And we're going to really try to focus this episode on stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, obviously, we, uh, our goal last episode was kind of just to flex our muscles a little bit, show you guys that we actually do know what we're talking about, particularly for those people who may not know us personally. Um, we wanted to make sure that, that you guys understand that we actually do uh, have a pretty good uh, base of knowledge when it comes to talking about the Redskins and DMV sports in general. But um, like Chalk said, uh, this episode, um, we're going to, again, moving forward, we're going to keep it kind of what's going on in the week with those teams rather than analyzing, you know, both sides of the ball and individual positions and all that. Um, but we will, uh, you know, we do have a pretty good episode lined up for you guys today. So uh, I think uh, you guys should enjoy it. All right. Yeah. So to jump off, I mean, we have to get right into what the disastrous of a week we've had, you know, for just, you know, not only Washington sports, but America sports, you know, with the United States men's national team not qualifying for the world cup, but you know, we did get some feedback from y'all last week, which we, again, we definitely appreciate. And we're going to take your advice and address one of our friend Rich Knack's concerns that we did not talk about the Nationals first. And foundedly, he was like, hey, they're in the playoffs. What are you doing? That should be the first thing you talk about this week. Well, the reason why we didn't do that is because we knew we were going to be heartbroken. We knew we were going to be disappointed. And we didn't want to have our heartstrings torn out a week ago. But here we are today. Yeah, no, really. Uh I mean, you couldn't put it any better. I mean, honestly, you know, we, we really did want the Nationals to win, obviously. We thought that they had a pretty good chance, um, at least going into that game. Uh, I thought that this was the time that we were finally going to break the curse. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, this, is, this has become what D.C. sports are known for. Um, you know, we have a chance there in the ninth inning with Bryce Harper at the plate. Uh, that's kind of what you want. That's the situation you want. You can't write a movie script any better, you know. And uh, to have him strike out on a ball in the dirt at the, on three and two, um, it, you know, it was hurtful. It really, it really did, uh, you know, hurt as they always do. Um, and you got to wonder, like, what, why do we continue to get our hopes up? But you know, and I think that's the question that every DC fan 
um, whether you're a fan of one of our teams or all four of our teams, like we are, you know, <clears throat> not everyone's a homer in all sports across the board. So, um, you know, for either whether you're just a fan of the Nationals or you're like me and Chip and, you know, love all four, it's devastating. And But when you look at the city as a whole, it's constantly happening. If there's so much parity in the way that we lose, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it really is. You know, um, I thought there was a lot of uh, mistakes in that series in general. Um, you know, we could talk about the pitching changes and, and all that stuff in the last game. Yeah. Uh, bringing, bringing Mad Max out of the bullpen, um, you know, as a pitcher, that's kind of hard to do. You know, you got if you're a starter, you like to get in that rhythm. You like to have that time. Um, and you could tell as soon as something went bad, he kind of crumbled. So um, there's a lot of mistakes across the board, but uh, you're exactly right. You know, this is the same feeling we had after the Caps lost last year in the second round again. Um, it's been going on since, what, 98? And uh, hopefully, you know, we'll see it end sometime. I don't want to end up like the Cubs 110 years waiting. Yeah, my thing is, is, you know, historically, everyone's been on Cleveland, you know, it's like this horrible sports city, and rightfully so. I mean, the Browns, right. and, and then finally King James brings the basketball championship to the city. But when you look at it now, I mean, there's no denying that everyone now officially knows that Washington is the saddest sports city <laughs> at this point. I mean, it it's, it's, it's unbelievable when you look at it, the – you know, the parody in terms of how we all just can't, no one can break through on multiple sports levels. It's unbelievable and hurtful, but you know, we'll see moving into next year, what they can do is this is what we always do. We look to the future and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the hardest part of it is not, you know, like you look at, you, you mentioned the, the Browns or the, or the Cleveland teams, like generally the Browns are not usually in contention. The, the hardest part about us is that we should be the teams that are rolling in the playoffs. We're the yes. best teams going in. Uh, we have hot offense, hot defense. Uh, you know, the Nats had a great bullpen. You know, uh, the, the Capitals have a great goaltender. They have Ovechkin, great shooters. Um, so we should roll in the playoffs. But then we get there, and it's like, you know, hit running into a wall. Can't get past it. And, and you'd have to think that living in the city, being around the media and everything like that as an athlete on all the teams in the area, like, you know, it weighs on you. I know for sure that there's dudes on the Nationals teams that were like, not only do we need to do this for ourselves and for our organization and baseball, but they knew in November or whatever, not November, February, sorry, when the, the, the um, Caps just lost. So, you know, they're, they're thinking, look, these people were let down not even a couple months ago. We got to pull through for everybody, and they just can't do it. Yeah, it's, they it's could just crumble. It's a, it's a it's an unfair way to put on a team and all the different players, but that's how it is. That's how you get our support. That's how you get the money of all the fans and why we love you so much. I mean, you can't deny that Washington area has a great fan base across all of its major sports. Oh, it's one of the best markets in the country. Um, yeah, you know, four major sports, rabid fan base, uh, and in general. If you're a Caps fan, you're also a Nats fan and a, and a Skins fan. So, you know, we're all interconnected for the most part. You know, you obviously have your, your individuals, but we're all bought in. Like And like we talked about last week, we don't even really watch the Wizards, but if they're going to be relevant and they're making a run, we're going to pay attention and we're going to yeah. cheer them on because we Absolutely. want to see some type of victory. Um, 
And and I I can only hope, and I really do think that that we're gonna break through. It's got it's, it has to happen. I mean, our teams are too good for it to continue to be like this. Oh, I agree. I mean, at least that's what we keep telling ourselves, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, addressing the other elephant in the room, the astronomical failure of our United States soccer, you know, not only team but organization, and the fact that we just did not qualify for the World Cup. Talk about a devastating. One of the sports stories that I honestly never thought I would read, you know, to this point in my life, since I've been alive, the United States just always made it to the World Cup. You know, honestly, I didn't even until I really kind of started paying attention to soccer about eight years ago, the last World Cup cycle. Um, I thought you, I didn't even really realize you had to qualify to get in type thing because we've been in our whole life. And then here we are coming into next year and we're not going to be there. Yeah. And it's not just that. I mean, that's obviously the, the worst part of it. But to lose to Trinidad and Tobago, man, uh, you know, like, you know, there's there's the meme going around. The Mighty Ducks crushed them in the Junior Goodwill game. That's right. Which, which, you know, they did. They put it on them like six to one. So Gordon I can understand. I can understand they've probably just been waiting around yep. saying, you know what, this is our shot to get back for, uh, you know, our embarrassment at the Junior Goodwill games. But, um, you know, in all seriousness, it, it, it's a team that, you know, we should have never lost to. They had nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're playing in a high school stadium, for crying out loud. Um, they, I, I just I couldn't believe it, honestly. And the thing that's crazy is that even the team really has come out and said, like, we – their motivation was, like, out of spite. You know, they're like, look, you're going to come here and mock us on your Twitter saying that you can't even practice on our field because it's a little wet as if they have some control over the – you know, weather. Yeah. And, you know, we came out flat and they were like, look, we're, we have no, nothing to play for. They've only won one game in the hexagonal tournament. They were just like, we're going to just take ridiculous shots and score from 45 yards out and make you look stupid. And now you don't get to go to the world cup. I mean, the other things were obviously we got bad luck with other games going on, but even still, we should never have been in a situation where we had to worry about other outcomes. You know, we had a complete control of our own destiny and just couldn't beat a terrible team. And it's just depressing when you think about how much money goes into that side of things. I mean, you got the women who have half the budget and just won the last World Cup for them, and you got the men, and they can't even get in, let alone get past the group stage and then move into elimination play. I mean, there's no way. Like, if you can't beat Trinidad and Tobago, you don't deserve to go, really. But- no, I I agree 100%. You know, and it, it's funny you say the amount of money that we put into this team. Uh, to get that type of result, it, it's it is shocking and yeah, uh, inexcusable. It's it really is, and you know there's there's a lot of blame to go around. Um, but I really do feel bad for guys like Christian Pulisic, who he's so young. I would have loved to see how he performed on that mm-hmm. stage, and now we now he has to wait another four years, and uh, it, it's hard to imagine what the team's going to look like then. And that's what's insane is that when you look at the talent this roster has, and granted, if people weren't always healthy during all the qualifying games, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, we should still have enough young talent within U.S. soccer to, you know, facilitate good players on the field at all times. So coming down to the end, when you really had to win and they started pulling everyone in, the the talent was incredible. You know, we got some really great players, but they just could not do anything. I think the only people you're going to see stick around are going to be Pulisic, maybe Bobby Wood, and then DeAndre Yedlin on the outside, um, who plays for the Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> you know, but yeah. um, 
you know, outside of that, I don't <laughs> think you're going to see the Michael Bradleys and the, you know, um, other players come back, which is because they're too old and they're going to have to figure something out. Things are going to have to change drastically for this to never happen again. I don't expect it to happen again. It better not ever happen again. But the fact that it did in the first place is just shocking. Well, well, it's an embarrassment, you know, and we're not. And and again, we're not sitting here saying that, you know, the the U.S. needs to win the World Cup every time that they're in. But uh, I mean, at least qualify. You know, at least qualify. And and I think a lot of this, too, like you're talking about with, with what's the team going to look like with the young guys, um, it comes back to the development at the young age. You know, we've talked about this before where the AAU culture and the amount of money that you have to spend to play soccer um, kind of hurts that more than other sports like baseball or basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, make soccer accessible again at the young age to develop some of these kids who, you know, by all means, should be growing up playing soccer and, and filling the ranks down the yes. line. Well, and then that's the thing is, I mean, I'm obviously America. We have a lot of variety of different popular sports, but whereas you look internationally, they may only really have soccer. But right, neither here. What's the difference is that if there is a kid here in America who wants to just play soccer and then go through the system, he's going to have to spend. He or she would have to spend, you know, four thousand dollars in the AAU system. So whereas internationally soccer is the beautiful game, the, the poor kids in the street are kicking a thing that looks like a soccer ball. And that's where they be, they're developing their skills. And then they move into those camps and so on and so forth. But, you know, here in America, you have to have a pretty substantial financial input into that. If you want to play at the elite level and that's ridiculous. So that has to change. You, like youth sports should just be like, Hey, sign my kid up on a piece of paper and go play. Well, and not just that. I mean, obviously the monetary aspect, but more uh, a lot of people, particularly young people, look at, at soccer as, you know, what you do when you're on the red team and the blue team. They're, you know, like you're four or five years old running mm-hmm. around, kicking the ball around. Um, I don't think that there's enough excitement around continuing to play beyond that stage because you have football and baseball and lacrosse yes. and all that. Um but I think that, you know, some of those coaches that are coaching those sports should encourage kids to play a little bit soccer. I mean, you know, you're learning a lot of different type of athletic movement. And well, and the thing is, is, I mean, let's not try to pretend that, you know, professional soccer players aren't just amazing athletes. I mean, these guys hmm. are running around for six miles, seven miles a game while competitively handing a soccer ball, handling a soccer ball. So. Yeah. You know, the athleticism that's required is incredible, but it's not that America doesn't have athletes. I mean, look at LeBron James. Imagine if he grew up as a soccer kid, not a basketball kid. Like, there are people that have that type of freakish athletic talent here in the United States. They're just playing different sports growing up, and that's the way. only way they're going to be able to transition to a hyper-powered type team is if we start gathering those kids to play. Yeah, so, exactly right. Exactly. We'll see, but, you know, moving forward, um, it's going to look a lot different for United States men's national soccer. That's for sure. Definitely. But, um, you know, moving until tomorrow, though, we got a big game coming up on Sunday morning with our Redskins we got to talk about. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, we got 49ers um, in Washington. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan obviously uh, used to coach for the Redskins and. A lot of rumors about him trying to lure Kirk Cousins to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of people saying this is Kirk Cousins' kind of tryout game, I guess. 
Um, I'm not really buying that. I think uh, the the recent success that we've had, uh, or at least the product we've put out on the field, um, Kirk is not missing that. He obviously sees it, and I think uh, that's gonna you know kind of influence him to stay. But definitely uh, gonna be an interesting game coming off the bye. We're gonna see how we respond. Well, into the other end of that, I mean, the one thing you have to say about Kirk Cousins, I don't know if he has just great PR staff that teaches him up. I mean, I know he did a lot of public speaking in college because he wrote a book and things like that. But this guy knows exactly what to say all the time. So I don't know if it's because he's really well trained or he's genuine. So that's the one thing about Kirk you can never really tell. But he always says, you know, continuity is something that's really important to him. So I think when he comes into this game tomorrow, he can see what is the benefits of him being with the team for the last three years, and he can see across the field the team that he would be inheriting. So he could say, ooh, maybe I don't want to go out there with this no offensive line and one receiver who's going to be 31. So I think if that could play in our benefit in regards to the, the Kirk Cousins to San Francisco debate. Oh, definitely. And, you know, you just mentioned the one receiver. I think in order for us to win this game, that's the one person we got to worry about is, is Pierre Garçon. Again, he's not a guy that's going to stretch the field on you, but he catches literally Everything. anything that is thrown to him. So um, he can easily dink and dunk you and then hit you for 25 for a touchdown. So uh, our defense, particularly with Josh Norman out, uh, we're going to have to um, really pay attention to that and make sure we shut him down. There's not many receivers in the NFL that can get 147 receiving yards in one game when your quarterback is Brian Hoyer. So yeah. the fact that he's been able to do that with a team that really only other offensive threat is Carlos Hyde, you know, they're the two guys. Everyone knows that's who the ball is going to. So the fact that he's still productive out there is not shocking, and it is something that we definitely miss in D.C. So we got to get a, see a big display tomorrow from TP11. Terrell Pryor, see if he can say, okay, well, this is the role I'm filling now because that's who he's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, that's why we brought him in here. Um, and, I, you know, I generally thought that he was going to fill that role, and maybe he still will. Um, he's just still getting his feet under him. But uh, this is the this would be a great chance for him, for him to actually fill that role for us, um, you know, because he's going to have the the guy that we're all missing. And, and don't don't pretend like Redskin fans aren't going to analyze every single catch that, that – uh, Terrell Pryor misses or Pierre Garçon catches and be like, wow, you know, yep. if only we had kept Pierre. Um, that's definitely going to happen. So uh, <clears throat> it is going to be a great game, I think. Um, and, and, you know, if I if I can be so bold to make a prediction, Chuck, I, I think we're going to win. Uh, go ahead, shoot. Uh, I think we're going to win. Give me your prediction. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to win 27-10. That's what 27 I 27-10, okay. Well, I think that, you know, keys to success, if I may say so myself, you're going to pick your prediction. I'm going to do my keys to success, I guess, like we're on Fox Sports on Sunday morning. <laughs> Sounds, good. Um, Sounds good. My keys to success easily going to have to be running the football with a running back that's still trying to get his feet wet in the NFL. So Samar J has got to show up big tomorrow. So that's going to be the first one is if we establish the run. But that's only really the main reason is to open up the pass because this has got to be a game that Kirk Cousin takes advantage of a weak secondary and just yep. carve them up because we, we need to put on a lot of points on the board in this game. So not not necessarily to win the game. I don't think we have to score a lot of points. I don't think it's going to be competitive in that nature. I think we need to score a lot of points for our offense to get rolling moving into next week against the Eagles at home on Monday football. So Definitely. I would love to see us put 30 points on these guys tomorrow. Um defense we're gonna you know next key to victory would have to be a great pass rush mostly because i don't care how good pg 15 is now you know formerly pg 88 
I don't care how good he is, he can't catch the ball if it's not thrown to him if he's getting sacked. So I expect big game from, you know, our pass rushers and, you know, Ryan Kerrigan, Preston Smith. But I definitely think – I think this is Junior's breakout game. I know everyone listening last week um, heard me and my praise for Junior Gallette. I have nothing but respect for this guy, but I do think this is his breakout game. I mean, he could get two sacks. Is what well, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if, if there's a game to do it, this is it. Uh, yeah. The more pressure we put on Brian Hoyer, the better for us. Uh, again, you know, not not to just trash a quarterback, but he, you know, he is what he is. He's not. And he knows. I think he knows what he is. He yeah. knows he's not a franchise quarterback. He's a stopgap to either Kirk Cousins if it somehow lands there, or the number one overall draft pick in the next year's draft. He knows he's not the guy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so. I think that um, we need to take advantage of this good opponent coming off a of bye, and we're going to miss be missing Josh. Norman, so if we're going to have a game where he has to sit out, this is a pretty decent one to have, knock on wood. But yeah, um, So I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we do well. We'll find out this time next week what we're talking about, though. For sure. <laughs> so, but, you know, like I said, we, we definitely appreciate all the feedback we've gotten from people who have been tuning in and listening, and um, we got some suggestions, and we're going to transition into those now. And then, so with that being said, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, so so before we go there, Chuck, before we go there, I got I gotta I gotta just mention. Okay. Um, yesterday I was watching Seinfeld. Okay, uh, one oh. of our great passions. As, oh yes. As, as people who know, I mean, I got Kramer sitting right behind me, um, <laughs> and you know the episode on yesterday was so perfectly timed. I'm gonna play you a little clip here, and let me let me see if you if you know the episode here. Hold on. Okay. I mean, perfect timing. It, it doesn't get any better than that, right? Uh, the programming manager at TBS really knew what he was doing putting that on. That's yeah, shout out play. to that guy. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Again, for some of our listeners who maybe just happen to stumble across our podcast and have saw the name, and we're wondering a sh- podcast about nothing and everything. What what could that possibly mean? Well, all you got to do is point to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jerry Seinfeld. That is a our tip of the hat to you, sir. Uh, Chip and I are both huge Seinfeld fans. So when um, discussing coming up with a podcast is like, dude, we got to do it about sports, obviously, but we have to throw in regular old stuff, and that's where the nothing and everything comes into it. So, so week to week, you don't know what you're going to get with real talk with shoot and shock. So it's definitely something to come back for. But man, um, I guess George is incorrect because the Yankees are in Houston. They they are going to Houston, uh, regardless of who is running the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I saw that drinker? episode yesterday, and I I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, I guess George is being a big drinker right now because oh, he's yeah. not happy that the Yankees are in Houston. But yeah, we don't need to talk too much about those guys. Uh, if I can't, if I'm talking baseball, I definitely don't want to talk Yankees. That's no, for sure. definitely not. So those Yankee bastards. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, you know, we're going to talk about a variety of different stuff from week to week, from what's just really going on and um, outside of sports right now. And for us, that's just kind of going into the winter season of gaming because there's, there's so many video games that have come out in the last couple months that, and the ones that are going to be coming out to where your bank account is not happy about it, but it's just an incredible time of year for video gaming. 
Yeah, no, I mean, a, a couple of the comments that we got about last week's show is they would like to hear more about um, our gaming experiences or our gaming uh, uh, insight. Um, and again, you know, we've been playing a lot of Destiny 2. I, I had a, a lot of time last night to play, uh, being my first Friday night off as we're coming up on our bye week uh, for football. Um, I got back into Call of Duty on uh, online. Um, the, the old Modern Warfare online was pretty amazing. Uh, but really, um, we, do want, we do have to talk about Assassin's Creed, which is coming out on Tuesday, Chuck. I know, man. I can't believe that that's t- Tuesday. I feel like I've been sitting back and thinking I had at least two more weeks before that thing came out because I've been sucked in the GTA right now. But, you know, there's just so many different things to play. But the Assassin's Creed game is, you know, the whole series in general is top three for me all time. Best oh, there's no games. doubt. Yeah, there's no so, doubt. I mean, you know, uh, me being a history major, obviously I, I love being able to go through and walk around, you know, revolutionary france or uh industrial revolution time in england uh you know pre-colonial america all that stuff um but you know it's obviously not always historically accurate but man the just the environment and and the experience of being able to play in those places is really awesome yeah, I mean, your Leonardo da Vinci was not helping the assassins order when he was doing his thing. But it's still, I don't yeah, think I so. Agree. I don't it's think cool. so. But the cool thing about this new one is that um, it's called Origins. It's going to go back to the very, very beginning of the assassin story. So for those who have never played it, or well, thinking about picking this, picking it up to get into the series, this is the one to do it. I mean, um, it's going to have a great storyline, but it's also going to have like a more true RPG progression style system. So you can have a skill tree. You're going to be able to level your character. Previously, you could buy like new equipment, new swords, whatever. But this is actually going to let you play more like an RPG. So you're going to want to pick that up so you can actually see the whole new way they designed this thing for gaming. And, you know, also it takes place in ancient Egypt, which is awesome. Yeah, um, for sure. But, Sliding but, down know, some pyramids. Yeah, you know, like Chalk said, the uh, they've revamped the entire combat system. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, I watched some of the clips and... I want to see how much games like For Honor kind of influence this. It, mm. it kind of does look a little bit um, like that, uh, but totally different um, um, combat system, and it, and it looks fantastic. Uh, not to say the other games are bad or, or you shouldn't try them, um, but they do kind of follow a pattern, and this one mm. looks to have broken from that a little bit. Um, so you know, again, like like Chuck said, if, if you're thinking about you know maybe trying it out. Um, Obviously, all the stuff I've seen, I'm going to get it on Tuesday. Uh, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I mean, and we'll obviously have a better review for you once we get our hands on it. But For sure, uh, for sure. You know, I definitely think um, everything I've read about it and seen videos and stuff, that it, it's definitely going to be a beast. But the game I'm looking most forward to is absolutely 100% the new Star Wars game, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't, you know, the vi- again, the videos I've seen on that, it looks... Fantastic. And we played the first one uh, a good amount, you know. Oh, um, no doubt. So there was a lot of things that we wished were in that first one. And it looks to me from all the all the information that we have that they've, that they've listened to our, our requests and actually fleshed this thing out a little bit. Well, the cool thing about it that I like the most, and anyone who knows really myself or shoot, we were both huge Star Wars fans. And, uh, I mean, you come into my office, I got a poster on my wall. I got a Lego TIE fighter. I got a helmet of a stormtrooper, all that stuff. So to be able to play a game that you can enter into this actual world is just amazing in itself. It's just so much fun. It's like you're a little kid in there. Like whether you're being competitive or not, it's just sweet to be able to run around as a stormtrooper on Endor. 
But what they did is they went out and actually put a story into it, this one, that actually links into the Star Wars canon. So it's actually the real approved Lucasfilm's Star Wars story that bridges the gap from six to seven. So how could you not want that? I mean, that's you're going to be able to actually play the movie, literally. No, you're exactly right. And, you know, like we said, we played the first one, which was strictly multiplayer, um, very bare bones. Uh, and you could tell, you know, not not to, you know, bash the game or whatever, but they, they definitely rushed it in order to put it out with the last movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that they finally had some time and, and you know, they did re- release DLCs for that last one, but uh, who's going to pay, you know, 25 bucks per Pack. yeah for a new map yeah for a new yeah. map you know who cares i'm not going to do that mm-hmm. um so now that we finally get this new game it's going to have space battles it's going to have multiple heroes across all the different uh eras of star wars mm-hmm. um it, it should be you know i'm hoping it lives up to the hype but i from all everything i've seen we're going to play a lot of this game yeah i mean i definitely think it's going to live up to the hype i mean you look at games like you know, Uncharted, uh, a game franchise that is literally playing a movie in itself. So they're going to have that same type of element, but just for the storyline while giving you the multiplayer experience. So for sure, I definitely think it's worth checking out. Um, obviously a little biased because we're such big Star Wars fans, but that being said, that's not the only thing about Star Wars to be ridiculously excited about. Here we are in the last couple months of waiting to get next, the next episode, episode eight. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, I remember after episode seven, uh, you know, they released the countdown or whatever. It's like 500 something days. Mm -hmm. And and now we're finally here. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of hype about Monday night about that Star Wars trailer. And uh, I know you're the same boat as I am. I'm not watching it. I'm just not going to. No. And here's the thing. Like, if I flash back to, I don't know, five years ago or whatever, and you would have, no, no, I would say go back a little bit more than five years. I would say seven, ten, eight years ago, and you would have said that we would even be getting these movies. I would have said you're crazy. Yeah. You know, the fact that they have not only made them, but then they're also making the additional content in Rogue One and things like that, but they're incredibly good. Like, they, they stepped their game up. You know, they were t- the one, two, and three, we can talk all day about how terrible they are, but... Yeah. So they really made sure to do these ones right. And now because of that, I'm like my man Frank Costanza. I want to go in fresh. I, I do. Exactly right. I want fresh. to go in fresh. And, you know, normally I would watch a trailer. Like, that's not a big deal. But when Same. you get when you see an article that the director is a little wary about mm-hmm. whether or not you should watch it, that red flag for me, I'm good, dude. I, yeah, if if sure. he thinks I shouldn't watch it, I'm not watching it. So and I, I've never really honestly ever seen an article like that. So if I've never yeah, seen true. one and I, and it's about my absolute favorite thing that I've been waiting for since we were a kid. No, I'm not watching that trailer. So nope. that's why cause I've had people ask me like, Oh, it's not that bad. There's not that many. No, I don't care if it's super bad, no spoilers, whatever. I don't want to see anything. I want to be sitting in the chair cause I'm going to spend the $16, you know, probably when it right comes out. And I want to experience it all right in the jump. Not yeah. haven't seen anything. Exactly. I mean, you know, I watched the trailer for Episode 7. And, you know, it doesn't take away from the movie, to be sure. But yeah. uh, you... We're not you trying know, to freak you out if you have seen it. The scene in Episode 7 where the uh, planes are coming down mm-hmm. over the water. If I had just experienced that in the movie theater and had not seen it prior, I would have been a lot happier. So True. I'm just going in. Uh, I'm going in fresh, just like my man Frank. Yeah, I mean, and 
if you spoil it for anybody, like you're just a terrible person. You're so dead to me. You're dead to me. <laughs> please don't spoil anything. Like I said, we want to go in fresh. But um, yeah, you know, as I was saying, overall, we're just really thankful for everyone that's been tuning in with us through the last couple of days. Chip, what were the stats on that? You were telling me earlier. Uh, yeah. So uh, last I checked, our, our SoundCloud, uh, we've got like maybe I think five followers. Um, Shout out to the followers. Yeah, for real, and uh, at least forty listens, um, which is which is surprising. I know I listened to it once, and I'm sure you did. Yeah. Um, but you know, the fact that there are 38 other times somebody has listened to us just talk. Uh, that's that's pretty awesome. So we do appreciate it. And please interact with us. Uh, reach out to us. You know, we're, we're still in the early stages of learning how to produce this thing, but we do want to get guests on weekly, uh, multiple if we can. Um, but if you have any ideas of things you want us to talk about, you know, games you know that are coming out that you'd like us to, to look into, um, drop them in the comments. Let us know because uh, we definitely want to make this show about you guys, about about entertaining y'all, um, just as much as it is about you know us enjoying talking about sports and stuff. Yeah, and the thing is, like when me and Chute were coming up with this thing, and we were like, yeah, let's have this podcast. Really, we were just mostly if we record this thing and anyone outside of our mom listens to it, <laughs> we would be hyped. So yeah, we really do appreciate all y'all tuning in, and we do take all the things that you have told us to heart. So. Um, this show will be ever evolving as it is about nothing and everything. So definitely, definitely tell us what you think. Got to give a couple shout outs before we wrap up though. Um, you know, mom of course wants us to mention that she won the football pool, which I, this pool, I can't stand. I've never won in my entire life, but she seems to win this thing somehow. I don't know if she's picking based at on least, uniforms. Yeah. Or what, I mean, at least once wins. or twice a year I haven't, you know, Alex has never won. I've won a few times, but Mom is legit the reigning champ in in the pool. our family. She's won like seven times, and we don't know how. It, it makes no sense. She doesn't even know the team names. I don't know what she's doing, but we gotta get her to Vegas or something. I don't know. For real, and man. Thanks again for everyone tuning in, and uh, we'll be back next week with some more real talk with shooting shot.